Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this podcast known as American Pale Males. It's about drinking beer and uh, reviewing beers and other geek stuff. That was the worst intro we've done to date. But yeah, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> and who might this be? Who is this? I'm Michael, <laughs> by the way. This is uh, Jeremy, the fajitas kid. I had, had fajitas, fajitas for dinner tonight. It was delicious. Ooh. That's nice. Yeah, I agree. It was very homemade? very nice. Oh, Michael, please. Of course it was homemade. <laughs> How did you season the steak? Or was it even steak? It, it was steak. I uh, went with some a lime, garlic, and cumin marinade. Mm. It's a little just a little bit of acid will help tear down the uh tear down the meat, you know, just a tad. The collagen. The collagen, and then it uh, it's, it's pretty delightful. It worked out quite well. Well, did you have a beer with that dinner, or do you have another beer brag from the general recent history of your life? I, I had a vodka cranberry, actually, with that, but oh. this is not vodka cranberry brag. Yes. this is, <laughs> uh, My beer brag, actually, is one that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. So... Big Grove Brewery, our new favorite uh, spirit animal. That's right. We have many spirit animals, but this is the best one. <laughs> uh, so I believe it was two years ago. I'm not entirely sure, but two years ago they decided to release a Hopocalypse series of double IPAs. Okay. And they and it was like based on the four horsemen of the apocalypse, so famine, destruction. Blah, blah. That's a good. I like that theme. And and they released. Uh, trading cards and I have one of them laminated as a bookmark right now. Nice. But this year they are uh doing a post-apocalyptic one. Oh, uh, okay. Apocalypse Ro- Volume 2 Road Warrior. You shall drink <laughs> eternal. So the the list is Thunderdome, Fury Road, War Rig versus Interceptor, Wasteland and Tomorrow Morrowland. So is that 7? Uh, it's six, actually. Six, okay. But, so the first, so they're going to be releasing one every two weeks for the, the fall. And I want to check them all out because the last Apocalypse was amazing. Is this on draft or on tap? Or, on uh, tap, yeah. All right, in bottle, I was going to say. Uh, is it on draft or on tap, Michael? <laughs> I don't know. But yes, uh, I went to Big Grove this past week and I had a Thunderdome, which is an unfiltered DIPA. Dipper. A dipper, the uh, they're all DIPAs, but uh, it goes from unfiltered to English to black to Midwest to New Zealand to quote unquote futuristic mm. DIPA. But here's the flavor text for it: Thunderdome is an unfiltered double IPA with flaked wheat, flaked oats, and red wheat in the grist. Mosaic, Citra, and Eldorado are the featured hops. It's very fruit forward with light bitterness and my word, if that's not right on target. There was a little bit of melon, a little bit of uh, tropical-ish, you know, hooky-lao sort of flavors. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> but but the predominant flavor on the Thunderdome was mandarin orange. Hmm. Darn near drinking an orange juice. Did it leave a lingering bitter taste, i.e. the spray paint effect we often mention? Not in the least. Okay, so it was a very refreshing 
double. Very much so. Like I had it hit the double ishness of it quite well. I'm not exactly sure how they pulled that off, given the, uh, you know, given the malt is just flaked this, flaked that, which yeah. doesn't leave a ton of backbone in there. But well, hmm. traditionally it doesn't. But this hmm. one worked out perfectly well. the The malt was just enough to hold up the backbone of the hops, but it, it was fantastic. I gave it a four point five. It was. The Hopocalypse does not disappoint, Michael, and I hope you can get down here at some point. Oh, yeah, I should be down there for oh, a, yeah. a, a film, <laughs> a Road Warrior revelation. Uh, well, re- regardless, whatever happens, you sneak out of the house, and you go down there, and you have the the Hopocalypse ones. All right, I'll check it out. What about yourself? What do you got for, uh, for a beer break? I had a very rare fancy beer. Ooh. And this one kind of has some family, uh, not drama, but some family stories behind it, I guess. So the beer I'm talking about is Degar, sometimes called Triple Degar. And this is a Belgian ale triple. Okay. And I'll just read the flavor text for starters. This is the house beer for the famous pub in Bruges under the same name, Degar. In Bruges. What a great movie. The pub is well concealed down a long alley where only beer lovers in search of this gem can successfully find it. This Belgian triple packs a big punch at 11% ABV. For this reason, the pub owner will only allow any one visitor to order three during a sitting at this historic pub. Uh, served in his distinctive beer glass with a doorknob base and a rounded chalice supporting such a big beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. So it's a heavy-hitting triple, but um, it doesn't really taste like a a lot of the triples I've had because, to me, triples seem to be yeast-forward, where this one is much sweeter, and it is also zesty, has a zestiness to it. And then the high ABV, although a lot of triples have high ABVs, this one, it adds to the flavor. It's not like burning ABV, but it's mm-hmm. part of that zestiness profile. A warm IBV. Yes. Yeah. So it, it is good. It's a very nice beer. So the family part of this, though, is this is Uncle of the Show's favorite beer. Okay. And he famously went to Bruges, was very excited to get this beer, and... This off-the-beaten-path brew pub was closed. That's on Oh, man. Yeah, there's a picture of him with his arm on the door and his head resting on his arm, looking downward, very saddened that this bar was closed. He since has gotten it several times there. but um, So it's very hard to get, and you can only get it in a few spots in the U.S., um, like three or four and the funny part is, so my uncle, you know, he makes these pilgrimages to get this beer, amongst other beers, of course, and other reasons to travel, but he makes it a point to get this beer. And my father was um, like, oh, yeah, you know, they have that beer down on tap here in Florida where we, uh, you know, snowbird every year. Uh, one of the small pubs up the road managed to get a keg, and yeah, we're <laughs> enjoying it too. And then, like, flash forward... I don't know, a year, a pub in Madison, right where they live, also started getting it. So 
Um, and I think the other place you can get it is like in Washington, D.C. So, so my uncle has gone to great lengths to get the beer. And then in the two places where my father lives in the summer <laughs> and in the winter, just so happens just to have it. A bike ride away, even. What a toad. So um, so that's kind of the, there's a little family joke about that. So recently it was on tap locally here again, and I went and got some with my uncle and my father and my aunt. And uh, it's a good beer if you can if you can find it. Degar. Degar. Give it a try. That's my beer brag. That's, it's a good one, Michael. I appreciate the story. Yes. It works out quite well. What else do you got me for me tonight? Because apparently I can't speak. <laughs> I have something. I'm not, I think this might get your dander up, or it might just make you ugh, that thing. Or maybe you love this thing. Jeremy. Well, there, there's only one way to find out, Michael. Right. And that's mentioning it. Last week, we kind of had a mini interview segment with you just to start conversation, look into your past, look into your opinions. And this is maybe a little extension of that. Funko Pops. <laughs> Jeremy, what are your thoughts on these toy collectibles that seem to be everywhere? I saw a big pallet of them in Target, which is what made me think oh, of this. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I really wish I would have bought the Rick of Rick and Morty Funko Pop when I saw it. Because uh, you like it or because of the value? Be- well, because I well, I, I don't really care about the value. I'm not going okay. to flip these things. Personally, it's... They're cute. They're adorable. Mm-hmm. I like them. But we have a mutual friend who created problems in his nascent wedding or <laughs> nascent marriage about uh, his love of Funko Pops. Now, granted, they're only nine ninety nine to twelve ninety nine a piece, but you know when you have thirty, forty, however many of them, it may become a problem. That yeah. said, I really i I want to get the the Rick of Rick and Morty. Funko for my desk at work because mad scientist. Oh yeah, that that makes sense. So you're not diametrically opposed to the Funko Pop. Oh god, no. It's they're adorable. It's I don't understand how they've become quite the uh, sensation that they have. Right, yeah. That that part's puzzling to me, but a lot of things are puzzling to me these days. <laughs> There's bigger things I have problems with. We'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Well, that's uh, that's interesting uh, to get your take on that. What, I, a, what about yourself? Um, I I do I think they're dumb, but I think if have to admit if there was something that really hit the spot, you know, I might procure one. Um, only for uh, eBay's worth ishness. No, just for a uh, personal. Much like you, if there was something that was like very in line with a uh, motif in my life, or so if there like... was a little finger one, you would be done for it. <laughs> what am I like, little finger? No, he's just he seems like the Michaeliest character on Game of Thrones. Do you want me to say that if there was a reek one, you would be down for it? I mean, come on, reek. <laughs> um, I was trying to be nice. Yeah, I, I, I think that's complimentary. Yeah, I don't know. I do, yeah, I don't get it. And I I have a problem with having moved recently, stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Racking up like a pallet worth of them I, it just boggles my mind. The other thing, too, I I don't, I'm not a big fan of the way they look. Like, Really? 
Yeah, with I don't know. I beady can see eyes with no pupils. Yeah, you know what? I would like better if they were just vinyl miniatures of the real thing. They kind of are, but they're they look they have a big square head. Not all of them. Oh, really? No. Some of them have more anthropomorphic. I don't know if I'd go that. I don't know if I'd go that far, okay. but I okay. mean. <laughs> They're less. They're not all like. I don't. I don't know. I think they work well, personally. Well, well, good because I signed over your likeness for the American Pale Male Funko Pop. Um, no, that'd be awful. Um, no, that'd be great. <laughs> You'd like a little Jeremy Funko. That is just way too big. <laughs> <laughs> Even bigger than normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little toothpickishness on the uh, the neck, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, we've cleared the air there. Yeah. The people are um, now well-informed and can rest at night knowing what our thoughts on are. On Funko Pops. Toys that are wildly popular. Michael, I have a question for you. <laughs> Go ahead. We, uh, we've had some discussions about our spirit animal on the show, Stephen King. Yeah. Are you going to go see it on this coming Thursday? Mm, probably not. Michael? <laughs> I don't like uh, being scared. But, I mean, all it's right. It's it. it. It's it's it. Did you read the book? Were you a Stephen King kid? No, I didn't read the book. Ah, uh, well, if you can find uh, 1,200 pages worth of time, <laughs> I would highly recommend it. And uh, that part, it remains not cool. If you If you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about. But Michael, I'm I'm stoked beyond belief to go see it premiere on Thursday. Thank you, because most of these clowns do not realize that uh, you can technically charge more for a preview showing on Thursday. But here in town, they have a if you have a student slash faculty slash staff university ID, you get in <laughs> for five dollars. Oh. So you're going to get to see it technically before it comes out for a like half price. price. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. Yeah, totally. It's it's going to be sweet. Um uh next week whenever we record next, I'm not sure when that will be, but whenever we record next, you will have some thoughts about it and um <laughs> unlike the Dark Tower, I am I've I've got you tentatively better. high hopes for this yes. one. As we um, said, Dark Tower set the bar low for it. It was pretty it. garbage. Um, it was <laughs> terrible, as Charles Berkeley would say. Have you watched the trailer? I uh, I don't know if it was the full thing. It might have been some teaser. Uh-huh. Um, but, but, it was creepy. I yeah, saw the, definitely. saw the clown's face. Is there any celebrity draw in that? movie or is it more unknowns the kid from stranger things plays okay. richie trashmouth tozier in it so relatively unknown cast which which is good which is good I'm yeah concerned. that's what that's what made stranger things very effective too i think oh one hundred winona rider in there but yeah well she hadn't been around and she was right she was mostly a, a backing character um Yes. I imagine if there's going to be any names we would recognize besides the uh the kid from Stranger Things being in it. The, uh the main kid, Mike. Oh, okay. The one the one who looked like uh 
Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Gotcha. Did you ever watch <laughs> that uh, watch it? Yeah, yeah, watch The Shining. <laughs> he looks like Shelley Duvall in The Shining. But the names would come in the second part, which I think has already been greenlit. Oh, okay. Because all of the uh, all of the adult stuff happens in the second part. Ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> For those that have read the book, I want you to write in or tweet at the show. Do you think they're going to have that part in the sewers? You know what I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> it's a... <laughs> it's, it's the biggest problem in the book. It's, it's not cool. <laughs> like, it's not okay that that's in the book, but he, he was high on cocaine the whole time. So. <laughs> Stephen King. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He doesn't remember writing Cujo, if memory serves. <laughs> Anywho, onward, upward. Michael, what do you got for me, buddy? Uh, one more thing before the FDR. Yes, sir. What do we got? I have a little segment from BeerAdvocate.com. Is this the good one or the bad one? This is the good one. Okay, good. I don't remember, as we've established. Uh, it is... Are You a Beer Geek by Jason and Todd Alstrom. I don't know how I feel about this, Michael. Well, it's not too bad. Well, I, I just I just have problems with the word geek. It's like, well, oh, Jesus, I'm a geek. Oh, God. Here's what they say. Yeah. First off, let's not confuse geekery with snobbery. That's a good point. And they say, we discussed how being a beer snob is bad for beer and its community. Our opinions on this subject haven't changed, but we'll help you figure out if you're a geek or not. And then they define geek, as Merriam-Webster does, as an enthusiast or expert, especially in a technology field or activity. Okay. So they so do address... <laughs> Poindexter. Um, do we... So they do address the uh, semantic concerns up front. That's the right word, right? Semantics? Yeah. That's a good word. So are you a beer geek? If any of the following applies to you, the answer is probably Yes. And so I'll say I'll say these statements and then we can uh, say yes or no to them or that's dumb or that's cool. So, number one, drinking beer in the shower doesn't sound weird. That doesn't sound weird. Have you done this? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Neither but, have I. But that said, I know I know at least one person that has this uh, mystery person. Uh, tried to play it off as when we tried to tell him or her, because, you know, we're progressive here, when we said, why is your hair wet if you didn't take a shower drinking beer? And the person said, oh, I, I'm a sweaty guy. <laughs> yeah, you know who I'm talking about. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. To me, the two activities, you either want to take a shower or either want to drink a beer. I don't want to cross the streams and I don't know. Anyway. The the biggest problem for me seems to be the heat factor. Yeah. yeah. Traveling for work or pleasure always involves mapping out potential beer stops. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, sure. Even if it's spur of the moment. No, 100%. Oh, Why would yeah. you? Yeah. Try to find something at uh, the region you're at. Something different. Something... With a cool label, whatever it is. That's why I had the weird peanut butter cup porter in uh, Canada that did not quite pan out. But you can say you tried it. I I did, and it was it was there. It was <laughs> led me to believe that uh, West Coast Canadian beer was not as good as West Coast American beer. Oh, 
Yeah. Next point. You've traveled far or waited for hours just to score some beer because it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> this I, I, was I, Dark Lord kind of our um, Brewfest tickets include this? I was going to say Dark Lord because, I mean, like even, I mean, we've had episodes devoted to this. Yes. Uh, yeah, even if you uh, don't count the the hour-ish wait in line to get into the the festival, there's still a wait to get the bottle. So, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, done oh, there. Done that. that, been there. You've traded for a beer with somebody from across the country because you had to know how it tasted for yourself. Now, well, you've done this in person-ish maybe with a beer swap, but not like finding somebody on a forum and sending them a bottle no, of something in exchange no, for no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, the closest I've co- well see that's another thing that comes along with Dark Lord Day is that it's it's not so much you have X beer give me some and I will give you this it's more of a you're standing around and someone comes up to you and says hey man have this oh Pliny the Elder <laughs> precisely yeah okay next point you've tried home brewing because you find the process fascinating yep totally yeah. Did that. Been there, done that. Still doing it. Still doing that. When asked what your favorite beer is, you always answer with the next one because you haven't tried every beer on the planet yet. I'm not that big of a... (laughs) (laughs) It's always... See, the problem is, even if you haven't tried everything on the planet, the possibility that you tried the best one for your particular taste is there. Right. Because, you know, there's nostalgia factors, there's personal taste, there's all sorts of memories that we can't associate with uh, Bjorn's Fjord beer out of Norway or whatever. Right. And compared to Two-Hearted or anything like that. Sure. Yeah, so, I. It's, man, that's kind of a cute... I mean, all these are cute, but this, that one's a little... That's a butthole move. <laughs> okay. Well, you appreciate having it. Lack of proper glassware won't stop you from enjoying a beer. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think we, with that qualifier of appreciating having it. Um, that's a American pale males tradition, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, we are using glassware. Well, I know we're using glassware, but are we using the proper yeah, glassware? We're not, yeah, we're not going... I mean, sometimes we do. We're not being rigorous about it. Oh, God, no. But we're not using, like, the tumbler from the bathroom or something like that. <laughs> I guess uh, there's, a, there's a spectrum here, I guess. In a 32-ounce... Plastic glass from Kinnick Stadium. <laughs> yeah, right. Three more here. Despite being presented with limited options, you'll always find a beer to enjoy instead of complaining about the selection. You never complain about the selection. Wow. It's, it, it's bad form. If Okay, so here's the two options that you have on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the selection is either under your control or it's not, correct? Yes. Okay, so if it's under your control, you have no reason to complain about it because it was under your control. Therefore, you can have dominion over what beer is purchased. Mm-hmm. So that gets rid of half of it. And <laughs> if it's not under your control, you'd be a horrible guest if you complained about it. That'd be rude, yes. I mean, like... But walking into a bar, per se. I, I, I wouldn't feel... complain about it. I would just sulk. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I can... I'm not going to say if they only have, like, the beast on tap... Or something like that. Or uh, when we went to friend of the show Chris's wedding, we went to a bar that did not have beer on tap, but only had Fireball on tap. (laughs) 
not, not a joke. Not a joke. You weren't there with that one, but that's I 100%. Wasn't there, but I remember that story. That was 100% the truth. Um, even if it's just a bottle of Budweiser, like, I mean, it gets yeah, so I, much I, worse. Everywhere has got to have, like, at least Budweiser, right? Yeah, I guess you can find mirth and appreciate even a Budweiser from time to it, time, it, as we've done on this podcast. Oh, totally. Like, I got no beef with uh, Budweiser. And if you're in good company. Sure. Yeah. And if there's Fireball on tap. It was real weird. It was like, you know how, like, uh, the Blue Moose has the barrels with the taps in it? Mm-hmm. That are, like, sort of set into the wall. This was just one barrel with one tap, and it just had Fireball written on, like, masking tape above it. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty sketchy. Okay. And maybe, yeah, maybe you're you're getting into, like, those, they're saying snobbery versus geekery, too. Sure. Um, maybe I'm going into snobbery there. That's okay. You may have a discerning palate but you don't look down on the opinions of other beer drinkers. Uh, no. You still well, I, do. Well, I will, yeah. Oh, totally. you, yeah, you will. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like if someone tells me that jalapeno beer from uh, uh, Bent River, Great River, I don't remember which one, whatever Davenport place is that generally makes good beer, disclaimer, that jalapeno beer is hot garbage. <laughs> so, yeah, I would look. I, w- I would pass judgment on that. Last one here. You haven't forgotten that beer is meant to be fun. Oh, no, of course not. Yeah. I think that's, that's, a whole, a good, that's a whole point, man. A good button on that. Yeah, totally. So thank you to Beer Advocate for a little snippety article like that. Making up words here. Um, a snippety. Snippety. Uh, let me do another take on <laughs> Thanks to Beer Advocate for a nice little pithy article. That we can riff on. Yeah, you know, it's a little snippety, but what are you going to do? <laughs> okay, now i got to leave it in. Yeah, you um, <laughs> Let's go on to the FDR, Jeremy. Jeremy. I, that sounds good. Yeah. What is the FDR? The FDR is where we find a beer, drink a beer, and we rate a beer. Michael, what are we FDRing today? Today we have Deschutes Pacific Wonderland Lager. Good work, Michael. That was th- throwing some uh, stank on it, man. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit more about this. Please do. Uh, let's start with the flavor text. We've always believed the best way to respect tradition is to brew the unexpected. I agree with that. Yeah, I like that. So when we set out to create a sessionable lager benefit... Oh, oh, God. Okay. Him card <laughs> read good. That's one mistake. So when we set out to create a sessionable lager befitting of the Pacific Northwest, our sense of exploration led us to this dry-hopped wonder befitting of everyday adventure. They use befitting twice in this sentence. Citrusy tetanang man... Ooh, that's a new word. Mandarina? Mandarina. Okay, it's not that. Uh, I, I have it popped up too. <laughs> Hops combine with the crisp, bright character of traditional lager to deliver a beer that is truly refreshing and undoubtedly be... <laughs> that's number two. And undoubtedly worth sharing. Good work. Well done, Michael. Yes. So the malt is Pilsner malt. All right. Hops are Hallertau Hercules. Hercules. Hallertau. <laughs> Mittelfru. Mittelfru. Mantarina. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The word Frau always throws me up. <laughs> no, I think that probably helps you pronounce it better. ABV of 
5.5%, IBU of 40, but nobler hops. The thing that threw me off most about this is the fact that it's a lager. Yeah. I did not see that little sideways text on the label until just now. Yeah, this gas kind of a, a offset from the other text a little bit. That and uh, Deschutes, it, Deschutes is uh, they're quite well known for their ales, be it their Black yeah. Butte Porter or the uh, Fresh Squeezed, which is delightful. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, we reviewed that on the show a long time ago, I think. That was before um, me, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, this I'm excited. Yeah, out of Bend, Oregon, uh, this beer is. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, Yoda. Um, so yeah, no let's, uh, let's crack it open, I guess. Sounds good, buddy. Give it a pour. I'm just using a tumbler. Me too, because I don't have a... Is there a lager glass? There has to be something, but I figured this would be applicable. Oh, while we're pouring, because I'm still pouring, mm-hmm. uh, I have a brief American pale male male pale. Oh, okay. I was told by uh, counsel from the great white north that seconds former host of the show Mike's... Uh, Remarks on DKML from Founders. Oh, yes. Mike recommended that to us last week. Last week. So we are... uh, I will definitely make that part of our swap next time. Whoa. Thank you. So you just make something equally awesome. That's all you got to do, Michael. (laughs) I'll be on the hunt. All right. Well, uh, we're doing our swap in like two weeks, so I'll probably do mine this... I I don't know. That's off topic. Yes. OT. Offline. Okay. Offline AFK. So we have a hazy straw colored A little haze. Not beer. it's yeah. It's it's a it's a hazy lager. So if you imagine your pea yellow beers, <laughs> imagine a hazy version of that. Like a yeah. a hazy Coors light, but with a little bit more head. Yes. And decidedly more scent to it. Yeah. Speaking of which, kind of nobly. Kind of a little fruity. noble, a little piney, a little fruity. Mostly noble, though. You're right. Mm-hmm. It was a Hallertal Hercules and Hallertal Mittelfru and all these other German words that I don't know how to pronounce properly. Uh, they'll do that. They'll give you a little bit of spice. Uh, Michael, yeah. how about you dig in? Sure, I'll go in right now. While he's doing that, this has a uh, a diffuse head on it. It's it's not uh, terribly thick, but the bubbles in it are quite large. Mm-hmm. Which is... Ooh. It's unusual to see a head like that. Um, Michael, describe what you've uh, tasted so far while I go in. Um, you know, I was expecting something a little mellow from a lager, but it is it has quite a zesty flavor. Um, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, zest. Yeah. Um, almost a... The beer that kind of sprung into my mind, but this is m- much less intense, is uh, Duval a little bit. Um, a little bit, yeah. Because it shares some of that zestiness. And the fact um, that this is a lager as opposed to an ale. Right. Um, but I think the last time I probably had a similar hop profile was with Duval. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, I, that's actually a, a really good way of putting it because... The way the way that those hops pop out is they're 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 spicy without biting like a pilsner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it doesn't have that kind of earthy that you get out of a lot of um, classic Czech pilsner 
this is a little different. This is almost more of a pack Northwest uh, Pilsner, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Just because of the hop. The hop the hop profile is a little bit different than what you would expect from a traditional Czech Pilsner. It's it's There's a little bit more pininess to it. There's a little bit more... Uh, not a lot of fruitiness to it, but there is a, mm-hmm. just a hint of it in there. And those hops are not... Uh, they're the most up front and center flavor. Everything else about the beer is just like real easy. Kind going. of in the background, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate the uh, the the malt backbone on this. It's not uh, intrusive in any sense of the word, but it is there, and it lets the hops breathe. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's just the right amount of sweetness in it. It doesn't stick its nose in it, like you know, kick people around. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better word, um, and the body is as you'd expect from a lager is pretty, pretty delicate, but enough is there to support the flavor. Fairly delicate. It's uh, definitely effervescent, which is nice. I always mm-hmm. appreciate that in a beer. Um, that's always the trump card that a lager can play on an ale. Is you know, not everything needs to be effervescent, but in a world where uh, we craft beer hounds are being you know, stormed with ales. It's nice to have a nice change of pace with a, mm-hmm. with a lager every now and then. This is, recently, this is kind of the style of beer I've been getting into. Lagers um, or uh, pilsners? Lagers and um, lighter ales. Um, although okay. this one is a little more hot forward than the ones I've been having lately. Definitely. Uh, like I mentioned that uh, Day Blazer. Yes. Um, that was hitting the spot for the summertime. This is almost a Sumerian uh, honorable mention. Yeah, I was thinking about having it, but we already had so many of the fruit-style beers, I thought. Well, it's it's Sumerian in the fact that it's perfect for the summer, if not you know, right for the series, wherein there was a ton of fruit. Mm-hmm. Because there's not fruit in this one. It's There's maybe a touch of... Like a tropical flavor to it, just like a little bit. Some mandarina. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Thank <laughs> you very much for putting that in there. This is definitely something that I could, you know, this is definitely uh, A, six-packable, and B, reachable when it comes to the cooler at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. As I, I feel that this is, uh, it's got enough flavor to make it worthwhile, but it's also crisp enough that it's not going to just ride low on a on a uh, like a hot summer day or something like that mm-hmm. it's not going to sit around like a thunderdome or something of that nature <laughs> yeah right yeah but it's it's pretty fantastic i'm enjoying this beer michael what about you it's not as refreshing as the initial sips were it's um, true it's it's getting uh, the hops are starting to kind of stack on each other but um it's still good i agree it's weird to have kind of a, I mean, 40 IBU seems That's significant f- to me. Decent? By no means a, uh, what was that IPA we had last week? Oh, the Pipeworks Unicorn versus, Ninja versus Unicorn. The one that was, you know, allegedly 150? Yes. It's it's by no means that hoppy. Right. But at the same time, this is a... You know, a, a lighter body, and and maybe that's what makes it Pacific Northwest. True, 
Um, I also think the fact that it's uh, you know, using a little bit more of the noble hops might be throwing us off. Mm, Whereas yeah, that's when we different... when we think IBUs, we think big stinky uh, Cascade Chinook Mosaic. Mm-hmm. You know, take your pick. Whereas this one is using something that's slightly more, a slightly different, more European, more yeah, more uh, turtlenecks and uh, twiddly mustaches and so on and so forth. Yeah. But Michael, are we uh are we ready to rate? Yeah, let's go in for the rating. Do you want to rate first or should I? Uh, I'll go in for the sip of judgment. Michael, why don't you tell the people what you've been up to? I've been up to hanging pictures in my house. That's boring. I've been playing <laughs> uh I played Dead Rising 3 and uh slept all afternoon. And I finished and I finished Better Call Saul season 3. Oh my god, Michael. Is that on Netflix? No, I I, D, I DVR'd it. Uh, oh, nice! And and uh, when I uh, broke my collarbone, I uh, ended up starting to watch Legion, but because of the hard narcotics, it ruined my brain, and I couldn't watch anything for a while. But I finally finished uh, Better Call Saul season three, and yeehaw! It's uh ah uh, yeah yowzers. Are you you watch a show correct? I saw season one, and that's that's where I'm at. But okay, I season wanna... two. Season two is on Netflix. Okay. Season three just ended. I uh, just ended a couple months ago. Uh, I I would I would highly recommend it. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything plot wise. But what I will say is that it reminds me. I mean, obviously, it reminds me of Breaking Bad, and not mm-hmm. just because of the characters. It reminds me of Breaking Bad because it just thrives on showing the process of doing things. Like, uh, mm. it would show Walter, you know, taking every last little sec- section to make methamphetamine. This one will show Mike the Fixer plays a prominent role, as you uh, as you know, mm-hmm. and and he uh, he does things. <laughs> I'm I, I'm I'm going to attempt to not say what they are, but. There will be like twenty minute segments where he where it's focused on him and he doesn't say a word, but he's figuring out what's going on. I love the focus on the process and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, relationships uh grow, relationships devolve, relationships get destroyed, as one might expect. And uh I love that it's been able to turn itself into uh its entirely own different beast that's not just like aftermash of Breaking Bad. That's good. Uh, yes. Can I ask one question? Has Cinnabon been featured <laughs> in any episode in season two or three? Yep. Okay. That's season, really... season, pre- season premieres of both of them. <laughs> okay. That, uh, that makes me want to watch more. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> and then famously, well, not famously because it's just between us two, Jeremy is the one who introduced me to Breaking Bad. Oh, really? Um, I forgot yeah. about that. That's a good show. <laughs> yeah, very so early on. And this was before it kind of really blew up. You're like, oh, you got to watch Breaking Bad. I'm like, oh, that that's a weird name. And then, yeah, it's about a chemistry teacher who <laughs> makes <laughs> gets cancer and starts making meth. Yeah. And I, it pro- I didn't, I probably was like, even after you said that, it, like three months later was when I started watching it. And I'm like, once I did, I was hooked because it's oh, of course. so engrossing. It's just incredible. I distinctly remember I I came back from a family vacation in uh, Mississippi, I believe, after when the uh, the first season aired, 
and they were showing uh, Marathon on AMC, and I had heard that it was good, but as you were, that first season was only six episodes, mm-hmm. and it hadn't blown up, and so I watched it, and like, oh, like, I watched the pilot, and I immediately started texting everyone I knew. And I'm like, oh man, it's just like, no, just sh- just shut up and watch it, just <laughs> just do it. Like, like that was that was before I had seen the uh, the bike lock scene. Oh God, uh, he, it's so intense. sad. It's so sad. It's and it sad. gets so much. It gets so much worse than that. <laughs> but uh, but here we are talking about uh, ten million year old TV shows. Right. But, yeah, Better Call Saul season three. Get on it. But yeah. Um, my, uh, did I rate it? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. Do you need SOJ number two? Mm-hmm. I'll tell a little side anecdote here. You, I remember you saying that, uh, oh yeah, it has a uh, Brian Cranston. He played the dad on Malcolm in the Middle. I'm like, what? I, I don't I, That show, I hated that show. I was okay I know with that show people liked while. it, but I did it not okay. like that show. Yeah. It was okay. And then like, you know, he's this tour de force of acting. Like, he, geez, that, he's that incredible. For- that first season, he was essentially uh, cousin of the show's father, uncle of the show, uh, if he developed cancer and started making methamphetamine. <laughs> it reminded me so much of cousin of the show's father. It was Your cousin it, of the show? My cousin of the show, yeah. It, okay. it, it, it ruined me. But that said, uh, I give this beer a 3.75. I really appreciate the crispness of it. I like the hop profile. It's, it's familiar but different. All at the same time, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the uh, the light touch on the hops, and I like the light touch on the malts. The yeast is, you know, who cares? The malt, the yeast is a, a lager yeast. It's there to make fizz. <laughs> but uh, but I enjoy yes. it. So I locked in my rating as we were talking about um, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. <laughs> So I'm going to stick with that. I'll preface it, though, by saying, you know, I've been, I mentioned I've been liking this kind of beer. Uh, you know, I had some at a brew pub down in Missouri. I picked up some in the store recently just for easygoing drinking. And this one, I'm going to give it a, a 3.25. I, I think it's definitely worth a try. I just think it's it didn't fit what I was thinking it would be. Um, it's a little more hop forward than I thought it would be, and um, well, the hop profile isn't, you know, it's pretty good. It's grinding on me a little bit towards the end, and it just doesn't have that that crisp ah factor that I thought it would. But it has its own merits, even though it doesn't have that. It has its own merits that are worth looking into. So um, I always love to shoots, and this one's a, still a good one, but. Um, I'm still rating it slightly higher than average. So I would just like to point out that uh, there are two variants of this on Untapped. Oh. So one of them is cask-conditioned Pacific Wonderland, and I mm-hmm. don't know what that entails. But there is one that has two d- different flavors that uh, in there. If you had to guess one fruit and one not-fruit flavor to go with this, what would it be? I was going to say one was fruit. Uh, I was going to say some sort of citrus, specifically orange. Okay. And one not fruit. Um, well, no. So th- this is in the uh, the same beer. It's, it's Pacific Wonderland with citrus and not citrus. Okay. 
and uh, it's it's unusual, which is why I'm trying to uh, trick you on this. Oh, one. I'll say pine needles. That's fair. Uh, it's lime and vanilla beans. Whoa, that's huh? I right? Would that go? Would that be good in the? That, I can't I, even I wrap don't my head know. around that. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know, but I uh, I like the idea. It's it sounds good. Hopefully next year I'll be going to Oregon. It's intriguing. And are you going that, to go to Crater Lake? I am now. I forgot <laughs> that Crater Lake was in Oregon. Yeah, that's one of my uh, dream vacation destinations. And there's a island in the middle of the Crater Lake called Wizard Island. <laughs> that I really want to go to. I'm going to go play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> On top of Wizard Island. Oh, Jesus. Um, all right. Well, that was still a good one down the gullet. Yeah, another one down the gullet. Michael, how about you hit us with some social media plugs? I'll do that real quick now. People, get in touch with us. Uh, talk to us about it. Talk to us about shows by Vince Gilligan. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, talk to us about beer. Talk to us about anything, and you can do that in a variety of ways. APMPod at gmail.com, at APMPod on Twitter, and Facebook.com slash APMPod. Um, you can also find little clips on YouTube, uh, American Pale Males podcast, or APMPod there. You'll find it. Just search us. Yeah, you know how to do these things. Just <laughs> shut up and do it. <laughs> Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, any way you can, any way you want to. Anywhere you want it, that's the way you need it. Um, leave a review or rating if that's possible on the service you use. Or otherwise, just uh, subscribe. You know, that's good too. So I think that's everything. I agree. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that then. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I have been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.